Welcome to the audio weblog of the Hackberry House of Chosun. Today, we just wanted to help. Here's yet another story gained firsthand in Seoul this past summer. May the Lord speak to you through these tales as to what your part is to be. And I'm quoting from the person who gave this to me. I am a South Korean citizen, she said, but I am from North Korea. I was arrested along with my husband for helping North Korean refugees. There were eight of them, seven adults and one child. Among those eight was a woman who had been sent back to North Korea before, was arrested and imprisoned, but who had escaped the camp and come back to China. Now she will be arrested again. There was a woman in her twenties, and yes, an eight-year-old child. A group desperate for hope and freedom, willing to take a chance for a new life. This is a story often told in North Korea, and I tell you my own version of it. We started our trek westward in the winter of 2009. We passed through major Chinese cities and came to a bordering country in a couple of weeks. We traveled through this country via train to go to yet another nation. Meanwhile, my husband, who, like myself, has a Korean passport, was supposed to come through customs with no problem from the other side of the border. He was to bring my group on to the next destination. I thought we would meet him within an hour. Two hours later, he was still not there. I called by cell phone to try to contact him, but it was dead. I realized something was not in order. We found later that he had been arrested in customs after the names and passports of all the refugees were found in his bag. One nation's police called the other nation's police, and we too were exposed. I bought ten tickets to the next destination and told all the travelers, something's gone wrong. Take these tickets, get on board, scatter, hide yourself. Don't sit in the assigned seats. I decided on a train rather than a taxi, where all might be caught at one time. At least with a train, some would have a chance to run. But though I had told them to spread out, they were so shocked by what was happening that they all sat in their assigned seats. I myself did not get on the train, for the sake of the North Koreans' safety. Later, several police found me. Where are those people who were with you? I don't know. But as soon as I said that, they hurried to the train and caught six of them, forcing them to deboard. Because authorities already had checked our seat assignments at the ticket booth, the two refugees not caught were the ones that did not sit in their own seat. They were hiding in the bathroom. Those two escaped altogether and went to a South Korea embassy in a neighboring land. But the other six and I were brought by police back to the first country where we had arrived. Now I know that even though I was a foreigner in the land in which I was arrested, if I break a country's law, I'm supposed to pay the penalty. I was ready for that, but I couldn't comprehend why we were now being made subject to another country's law instead of the one where we were caught. The two nations were working together to bring this about. We were all lined up and escorted by the new police, carrying machine guns, we were then taken by them into prison. Well, I couldn't sleep all night. I wasn't just nervous. I was being constantly interrogated. The interrogators acted as though they had caught some international spy group 
They made a big deal of it for several nights of questioning. This is the fate of North Korean people in this land, where we receive worse treatment than animals, just like we were still in North Korea. During the process of questioning, I knelt to my questioners and begged them, Please, do not send these people back to North Korea. It's all my fault. But they said, What's that to us, or you? We have an agreement with North Korea. We'll have to send them back. We have nothing to do with whether they live or die, and we really don't care. At that time, I was four months pregnant. Endangering the life of my child, I did not sleep for several days because of the intense questioning. At one point, I even fainted. They thought I was faking it and began to scream at me. When I awakened, I was in my office. My lips were dry. Not my office, but in an office. My lips were dry and chapped. My face was pale. I heard someone say, Better be careful. You're going to kill her. They took me into an office to give me some basic medical treatment. My spirit revived, and I tried to talk sense to the authorities. Look, I said, if North Korea were economically sound and had a measure of freedom, like in, in here or in South Korea, would North Korean refugees come here, leave their own country, and face dangers like this? If these people go back to North Korea, they'll die. Please don't send them back, even if they have to stay in this prison for several years. And I told you there was an eight-year-old girl among us. The Chinese police gave her candy and delicious food. Carefully, they asked her, where and how did you meet these people? She exposed everything. The police suggested to me the next day that there was only one way to stay out of prison. Bring money and you'll be free. These out-of-court settlements, quite common, were negotiated with me because I'm a South Korean citizen. The six North Korean prisoners received no such offers. They were sent back to North Korea, and their fate is unknown to this day. How much, I asked. 100,000 won, that's $19,000. That'll free you and your husband. I borrowed a phone. I explained to a friend our situation. He got the money and gave it to them. But after it was received, they only released me and demanded $30,000 more for my husband. Shortly after my release, I lost my baby. And I didn't know that since I was pregnant, I didn't even have to go to prison. They were just using me to get money. My husband stayed in jail. I was speechless, defenseless, and I was expelled from the country after this. My husband got no trial. His imprisonment has been the darkest time in my life. All my money is lost. My heart aches constantly, even now, thinking of those six people. I can hardly sleep. I did everything I could to stop refugees from going to North Korea and to free my husband. But the police took the money and kept my husband. There's no justice in this. There's no humanity in this. There's no conscience in this. I hope the South Korean government will aggressively take care of this ongoing defector matter. Perhaps quiet diplomacy is not going to solve this problem. Oh yes, I, I talked to my husband last week for ten minutes. And that's where that story ends. We, we can believe that the big-hearted gesture of those who allowed the conversation with the husband has more to do with continued greed than Christian charity. The struggle with this good woman continues. It's given to us, the body of Christ, to struggle with and for her. 
and we're asking you to please join the struggle. And I want to thank you for listening today. And for a written copy of what you've just heard, go to my homepage here at Sermon Audio. From the main page, just type in Chosun or Hackberry at the top where it says Find. Click on the link that comes up and then click on Weblog. Also on that page, you'll be able to access all my written and audio Bible teachings and information about North Korea. And please pray with me that God will have His way in that land, but in our own lives too. Don't forget to pray for yourself and pray for me while you're at it, that God will be able to do what He wants to do with us. Amen. God bless you.